welcome to Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, Army Ranger, real estate investor, and income enthusiast. On this show, we uncover the keys to attaining financial freedom. There are so many people listening right now who are stuck in that day-to-day, nine-to-five rat race. Luckily, it's only temporary. Each week, we bring on guests that help us discover the steps to build financial freedom, passive income, and generational wealth so we can live the life we were born to live. Money is freedom. Let's get to the show. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia. Today's guest is Seneca Pena Colazo. He's a 23-year and still going member of the United States military. He's originally from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's traveled all over the world through his military career to include uh, Europe, Asia, the Middle East. He has a wife and two kids. He started investing actually pretty early in his military career in 2007 with real estate. And then he made the transition just here in the last few years to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So this is going to be an awesome episode today with great content. I can't wait to uh, really deep dive this and uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit on uh, crypto, Seneca. But welcome to the show, brother. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. So again, I'm uh, super interested to kind of unpack your investing career and how it's really transitioned over the years from, you know, maybe just doing real estate in the early time to obviously now and how, uh, you know, crypto is such a big thing and so many people are looking at Bitcoin and and stuff like that. But if you don't mind just taking a few minutes, I mean, and introducing yourself and kind of building some situational awareness for the audience. Sure. Uh, So Seneca Pena Colazzo, originally from Philly. So that means automatically I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, And, you know, Monday night was a rough night in our household. Even better is my wife is a Patriots fan. So that was... uh, that was kind of rough for us in the house, but yeah. Um, so originally from Philly, born and bred uh, in the city, went to Temple University um, and joined the army. Uh, back back in the day, I guess in '98, I enlisted first, and then went in, um, uh, switched over to active duty, and immediately was assigned overseas. I'm a helicopter pilot by trade, fly Apaches. Been doing that for a while, um, and. Yeah, just you know, passion, love of travel. So I would say my my financial journey um, didn't really start um, auspiciously uh, yeah. because you know, like so many other folks uh, in college, got caught up with credit cards and uh, got into that bad debt that didn't go away for like seven years, you know, on the credit report type stuff. Um, and then it was it was exacerbated by the fact that when I got off of uh, out of college and then when I got into the military, um, there was like a six month gap before I came on. So it's like not enough time to actually go get a real job and make some real money. But, um, you know, you, you can't commit to it, but all the bills kind of start start building up. So um, really, my focus for much of my early career was just trying to get out of this like credit card debt and just, you know, have regular checks and just pay stuff. What I did do that was smart was with my very first paycheck and something that I I thank my professor of military science and ROTC for was he brought in a financial advisor and said, hey, when you become an LT, you're going to get this awesome paycheck. So you can buy this Mustang, you can buy this, you know, like Ford Probe, right? Um, This is what the difference is going to be. But the difference that you save, you need to invest into your you know, retirement savings, IRAs, all that other stuff. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, 
luckily, when I went to a financial advisor, um, they also hooked me up with a whole life insurance policy that I had no idea <laughs> all these extra benefits that, you know, 14 years later, um, you know, we, we had started to actually realize and, and capitalize on. Um, and, you know, we can dig into the infinite banking concepts and all that stuff there. So completely oblivious, just kind of like, I know I need to talk to somebody smart. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to set it up. And it probably wasn't even the best, you know, dude to talk to. Um, but it was somebody that knew more than I did that at least got me going the right way that I needed to go. So, you know, I started investing day one with my first paycheck into my, you know, uh, investment accounts, IRAs and all that good stuff, Set up other little accounts, you know, uh, joint accounts, just little dabbling in the stock market stuff. And they got my whole life policy and then everything else. I just absolutely pissed away. Like it was, <laughs> you know, living the dream you're in Europe, you know, you're yeah, yeah. something not married, like, it was a good time. So I don't say that I would regret necessarily uh, all those things, but as I look back uh, on this end, I'm like, man, if I could have just been a little bit more responsible, I'd be that much further because, you know, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. So yeah, that got me basically from when I came in active duty in 01, all the way through, um, I'd say after OIF1 came back, um, hit the captain's career course. And that's when I think the first bug started where it's like, Hey man, you need to do something else. Again, still wasn't married at the time. So had a lot of extra time and lots of discretionary kind of, uh, income going that I was still like pissing away. Um, so actually I got, uh, wrapped up with a buddy of mine, Tim Cramps, awesome. <laughs> who I've known for, for many years. And we actually got started in Amway. Okay. So it was quick start at the time. And um, that was really, I would say, my first exposure to thinking about passive income, um, getting exposed to, you know, Kiyosaki and, and all that stuff. Um, that's when it happened. So uh, I started doing that also while I was there. Um, the market, it was just before the crash, right? The market was fantastic. Why don't you do a whole house? So I went and paid way too much for a house. Uh, in 07 that I want to say about eight months later, uh, went down in value about 60%. Damn, so geez. Okay. Super excited about that. <laughs> and then, you know, but you know, great thing about real estate, right. Is, is as everyone else was freaking out and they're like, Oh man, we just lost all this money. We're going to sell, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I've got a renter as long as they equal more than what my mortgage is. I don't care. So it worked out, uh, again, not a very, um, you know, studious or meticulous kind of investor, right? Like literally I forgot about that property just as long as I, you know, I had a property manager and, you know, a rental check was coming on a few years later, I realized, uh, I was starting to get a little upside down on it because the rental market was, uh, was fluctuating, but then, you know, president Obama was around and the harp refis were out there. So you could be kind of upside down and refi out of it. So I did. And then I was back in the green, right. Um, so that was pretty much my, my, my growth there. Um, at least in the real estate game, the Amway stuff, like wasn't really for me. Um, I put, you know, if you're going to do something, you know, go on and do it. So I probably for about a year and a half, I went all in, I went to the conferences, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid, did all that good stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I wasn't really super excited about how, 
we were making money that way. And that's, you know, at, at that point I was with my wife, got her rolled up into it too. She was getting into it. You know, we were about that business growth mindset. Um, and, you know, we went and, and, and hit it full steam. But you know, again, that particular model of kind of convincing people to buy these products, like was not, and that's what it is at the end of the day, right? Like that didn't really appeal to me too much, but I will say the lessons that were learned from doing that from, uh, you know, multi-level marketing stuff, right? Business mindset, how to approach, you know, what you do uh, to generate income as a business. I mean, it's invaluable. And, and absolutely, there's still those things that I that I use, you know, to this day and, and we'll, we'll refer back to. So, you know, we surged a little bit on that, um, I'd say back in 08, 09, 10, uh, and then went back overseas, you know, a couple more deployments, right? Like that life kind of picks it up. And then, you know, so the, the business and the side investing stuff kind of goes on the back burner, um, come back to Alabama, uh, the home of, you know, Army Aviation, uh, and didn't even intend on buying another house. And this was like fast forward all the way to like 17 now. Um, didn't really... Um, wasn't even intending to buy another house, but I was looking at what was available and I was looking at um, what rents were. And I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I could just buy a house. And at that point at 17, the market had, you know, calmed down some, uh, interest rates were pretty good. And it just made sense. So we pulled the trigger on that. I hadn't used my VA loan yet at that point either. So just pulled the trigger on that and uh, and bought another house, which uh, is doing very well for me right now as well. And then, um, you know, I'd say that carried me through because uh, we went back overseas again, really hard to do stuff in business and be profitable and stuff. Um, but went back overseas. And then when we came back uh, in 2019, obviously came back, was doing my thing. And then, you know, the Corona hit, right. And then yeah. the market crash went down and also, you know, silver linings playbook, right. As I, when I was PCSing or moving from Alabama to where I was living in Washington state at the time, um, 90% of everything we owned burned in a fire. On a oh trip. my gosh. Right. So That's you know, we were, uh, my wife was pregnant with uh, number two, and she was like, you know, a couple months from that, not even. And, you know, we were just trying to get set in. All of our stuff is like burned down. It's the middle of winter. Like, you know, the world is terrible. Yeah. Right? But I will say uh, I am intimately familiar with the insurance process now. And all of a sudden, here we were, and we were talking about downsizing, um, you know, and be careful what you put out into the universe because... Yeah. For sure, that stuff kind of comes around. Um, so, yeah, the uh, we, we got downsized for sure. Um, and then we had, again, like a, a significant amount of capital where we did have to obviously rebuy the, the, the things that we needed. But just you think of all the stuff that you accumulate over the years that you just yeah. nicknamed you guys here. Um, yeah, and you realize you don't need it. So, um Still, you know, there's still some some scar tissue with that, right? Because there's still some things that were very personal that, you know, I still have that are like little charred heaps and stuff that are on that, you know, I've maintained. Um, 
But it, again, great springboard. So now when 2020 came around in March and the stock market crashed, all I could think about was this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Are you ready to capitalize on this? And, and, you know, obviously I'm on the other side of 20 years and we got to think about what's the next chapter of life look like. Right. So uh, my wife is absolutely on board with starting the next chapter. And I've, you know, got a promise with her that says, Hey, you know, it's, it's one duty station, next job at a time. If you're on board, great, but I'm not going to promise anything beyond the next one or try and stay beyond if you're not on board. So um, here we were, it's 2020. We've got some cash. I started playing in the stock market a little bit, right? Um, but again, super nervous, right? Because you're not sure if you're making the right call. Yeah. Little did I know that any call you made would, is the right call, right? You just March 2020, money. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just throw money into it, right? And if you look back like, man, if I had just bought a little bit of Doge coin out there, or, you know, <laughs> Bitcoin back in the day, but I hadn't quite gotten to that level yet. So what was I looking for? I was looking for more predictable income passive income that I can generate. And like, hey, now I've got some capital. Maybe let's take another look at this real estate thing. So that's when the bug hit. And I'll say uh, in 2020, um, there was, let's see, gosh, I think I spent anywhere between four to five hours every single day, just reading books, yeah, podcasts, um, getting hooked up with different forums, groups. I mean, I think I, I recorded it and I think I was somewhere around um, over that next month, about 140 YouTube videos and about four books was right in that first month of March. And uh, and that's that's where I like linked into, um, you know, active duty passive income and just started going. And, and then also, you know, fortuitously, I came across a great lending product because, um, you know, you're starting to look for not just the markets, the houses, but the lending products that enable you to do all this stuff. And I found one that would enable me to do uh, 0% down, 100% financing, you know, slightly higher rates. And I was like, why am I not doing this? Because now I can afford, you know, if I needed to, uh, I could put in rehab money because I've gotten capitalized to be able to do that. I could do some upgrades. I mean, all, all of the things, right? Like those loans are great if you don't have money, um, but you have to have money in order to be successful, right? Because yeah. getting into a house with no money just means like as soon as, you know, the first toilet goes, or in my case, a bat problem uh, <laughs> in Alabama, if you didn't know, bats are a protected species from- really. April to October. So if you have a bat problem, you cannot touch them between May and October. Okay. And fix that problem was about five grand. So <laughs> yeah. So all of those things you start to, to pick up and learn, right? But just just went forward with it and started with the single family stuff. Um, I scaled up pretty quick. So I had two already. And then um, I immediately went up to about eight uh, on top of that scaled. And then I said, I'm going to run out of it. So Fannie and Freddie, right? Those, yep. those only guidelines, they don't like you to have more than 10. So I was like, Ooh, I got to save one for me for like my house when I want to, you know, I want to live in and then you know, the rest can be investments. So 
that's where I started the phone a friend and, and started putting it out to other folks. And, and uh, another really good buddy of mine uh, that, you know, it's, we're serving with at the time uh, said, I'm all about the real estate game too. Let's do it. So we went and bought a few more properties together. And then we started awesome. the small multifamilies, the uh, short-term rentals, um, all of those sorts of things. So yeah, that, that is pretty much how the real estate game has been going. And then I transitioned over to the multifamily uh, side and just been plugging away at that. And hopefully knock on wood here, we'll be under contract uh, this week. Awesome. Our first, uh, first 16 unit here. So that'll be good as a JV. Um, but then again, you know, opportunities that are out there, right? The, that's where the crypto game started coming in. So as I'm doing all this research, and oh, by the way, if I wasn't probably teleworking for a lot of this, you know, I wasn't yeah. at home, probably wouldn't have all the time to do this. But, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? You're on, you're on track and on, on you know, the, the opportunities that are arising, you're off, I think, are for a reason. I really started to, to, to dig into it. And my best friend, um, best man at my wedding, he's been in crypto since 2013. And he's been telling me to get into it for forever and ever and ever. And I'm now I'm looking at the markets. I'm looking at diversifying. Yeah. And, you know, that's where just the crypto stuff, all of a sudden I was like, well, how do I start? What do I need to do? And it's the same thing, right? So now it's it's the YouTube videos, the, the papers, the, you know, uh, Investopedia, like the greatest, you know, one of the greatest websites that are at Nerd Wallet, right? Um, and you start to just dig in and poke in a little bit. And then, you know, a little play money here, a little play money there, see how it goes, um, see the tools that you like. And, and that's where it just, it just took off. So um, that's where, again, you start finding out about decentralized finance and everything that it does. So it's not just like buying, you know, cryptocurrencies like stocks and waiting for them to appreciate, but it's the whole banking ecosystem of lending, borrowing, uh, derivatives, right? Insurance. I mean, all of these things that make up that, that, you know, there are so many middlemen in that, that make their cut. Now all that money, you can play in it. Liquidity pooling, right? Like you can play in all of these things. So that was kind of exciting. So again, hours and hours and hours, right? Like it's the come home, uh, spend some time, you know, always eat dinner with the family, spend yep. some time with the wife. And then from about nine to midnight, 10 to midnight or one, whatever the case may be, like grinding, learning. Absolutely. Everything that I'm listening to every morning is a podcast of some sort, right? Is a YouTube video, is TikToks. And people sleep on TikTok. Okay. So much awesome, fantastic data. Yeah. TikTok. That's not just dances, right? It's like how to invest. How did my wife, I love her to death. Like, she's like, I think I'm going to start doing options trading. Like, whoa, <laughs> you started on TikTok and just, you know, was learning and doing all this stuff. So it was like it, the opportunities, just being open to the opportunities and knowing that, all right, be open. Step one, get smart. Step two. And then how are you going to take those actionable steps to progress and get to where you want to be? So, um, yeah, that's where, you know, the crypto kind of going and, and starting to look at where do I want to invest time and resources into it? Because there's so much that's there. Yeah. And 
that basically has, has brought me all the way to today. Now where I'm looking again, passive streams of income. Uh, I like the liquidity pooling. I like, I'm, I'm a hodler, right? Hold on for dear life. Just buy it, never let go. Yeah. Um, and then figure out how to borrow against that leverage because you can do it for such cheap money around, right? Like interest rates across the board are low. In DeFi, they're even lower. Um, and now how can I use that to springboard into other things, which kind of brought me to kind of full circle over the spring, um, I started getting hip to, uh, rental car sharing and, um, you know, so if you've heard of the apps, Toro, yep. hire car, get around all those sorts of things. Um, if you like our RVs outdoorsy or all these things like, Hey, wait, now you can, you know, rent your car and make passive income and do all those write-offs. Well, how about I just buy cars specifically for that, make sure I get them cheap. And now all I got to figure out is how to manage that fleet. But for me, you know, I'm limited on time. So I needed to find a partner. And luckily, again, opportunity always for those who are prepared, right? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity is a great Seneca quote. Love that. Love that. Yeah, man. Um, my brother-in-law is a, uh, is a mechanic like master mechanic is out in Arizona. So um, he was looking to get back on his feet on some stuff. And I was like, Hey, let's try this together. So he said, okay, let's go. And he's got uh, extensive, you know, connections, obviously he can do all maintenance and stuff. And uh, really important is buying cars at like auctions uh, is massive. So, you know, had a couple, had a couple vehicles and, and just getting this thing off the ground now. However, the other piece of that is before now that I've got a little bit more knowledge is setting conditions early so that you can scale more quickly. So there is the entrepreneurial spirit, I believe, and fully, fully best, like do what you love, do what you're passionate about. But when you start to get more educated and you realize if I take an extra week, an extra you know, even month to set conditions, set your systems, make sure your asset structure is right. Make sure your banking accounts are set up. Your operating agreements are all set up, right? Your business entities are all set up, right? You've got the website, you've got the phone, you've got all of these things. Like it doesn't take much to do all these things, but once you're in the business and you're rolling, right? You're trying to make that cash and get it going. It's hard to kind of stop mid stroke and then add all these things on right? And you're trying to get the CRM in, you're trying to do all these other things. So if you take a little bit of extra time up front and build that, you know, I think Brandon Turner calls it like a level two business, right? Like level one, you're just going, you're getting after it. Level two is like, okay, now let me get the systems in place. If you take that, that time to set foundations, man, you can scale even more quickly. So I took a lot of extra time. Um, I say more than probably, uh, I really wanted to, and definitely more than my brother-in-law wanted to, to, to get this thing going, but everything is solid now, right? And now, you know, I've got the business line of credits to go with it. I've got all these other things now I can now bring to bear and start to scale and grow this business. So that's kind of where we are today. Um, that's how we're, that's how we're looking. Seneca, that's awesome, dude. Dude, oh my God. I mean, like, uh, obviously a, a career that spanned multiple decades around the world, multiple con uh, continents. Um, you know, ups and downs, you know, uh, tragedy in, in the sense of losing, you know, 90% of, uh, your family's, um, 
you know, household goods, goods and stuff in, in a fire and, and rebounding into that where now, you know, you've scaled to even higher and bigger heights. Dude. This is, this is so in, incredibly powerful and, and incredibly amazing. And I think there's so much to be said about the power of diversification and, and, you know, real estate and then real estate transferred into crypto and crypto is now transferred into this other venture. Um, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, the power of diversification and, and maybe in those earlier 2017, 2018 days, like what was kind of that motivating, you know, Hey, you know, this real estate thing is really awesome, but there's also like this crypto thing going on as well. Like I'm, I'm curious, like your thoughts on the power of diversification and, and what you kind of think about that. Yeah. I think once your mindset changes to being open to developing passive income streams, um, you know, everything starts to open up, right? Like you become less rigid. You become more open to uh, at least listening and hearing how other people are making business and, and how they're making money because there are always some lessons that you can, you know, take in and maybe apply to what you're doing. And sometimes you come across something that sounds like, man, that sounds amazing. So you just you just become more open to stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm curious, like in that 2020 time frame or that 2019, obviously we're in COVID, the market crashes. Yeah. You know, you start dabbling yeah. in stocks a little bit and, and then you start looking more to crypto. You know, what, what do yeah. you think is are kind of the main, you know, two or three advantages of investing in cryptocurrency? And listen, I'm like a, a skill level 100, like kindergarten level novice crypto guys. So like, I'm going to bring it down to that level. I mean, what, what are some of the main advantages that you would portray to people out there who are maybe thinking about dabbling in, in crypto or Bitcoin and stuff like that? So um, you look at where are the, you have to take the macro look of what's going on in the world, right? So um, earlier, you know, you're starting to hear you were starting to hear of some of the larger institutional money coming in. And let's be honest, like retail investors into the stock market, which is like dudes like you and me with our little bit, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a grand here, maybe five, maybe 10 grand. Maybe you're a big ball and you've got 50 grand and you're throwing it into the stocks, something like that. That is chump change. The markets are predicated by institutional investment, point blank period. So whatever institutional investors are getting into is what you have to keep a mind to, right? Um, because that you got to follow the money flows. That's where profitability lies, right? Buying low and selling high is the most basic, basic principle that's out there. So if you start to see institutional investment on a macro scale, get into the cryptocurrency space, then absolutely go for it. And the other piece is you have to have some discretionary income, Right where you throw some cash into it and say, okay, if I lose this, whatever. Yeah. Here's what it is. It's the cost of education and doing this, right? And then you can formulate your own experiences uh, and your own opinions on it. So um, early, we started to see that as a, as a viable um, you know, store of value. And it's always been a, a positive store. I mean, the last 10 years, Bitcoin, there's been no other asset that has outperformed Bitcoin over the last 10 years. Nothing comes even remotely close to it, right? There's only but so much that's going to be made. And all of the reasons where, you know, people are, are the, the crypto messiahs, you know, preaching on the, on the hills um, <laughs> about why it's so great. And then, you know, you, you look at like what happened in Malta 2012, right? Like that's, that is absolutely 
why crypto took off the way it did, right? The two th- that's why Bitcoin was invented, 2008 crisis, right? Yeah. You know, like, this is ridiculous. And then, you know, or Malta, Cyprus is what I meant to say, not Malta, um, where, you know, Cyprus was underwater. The government was absolutely, they were getting called in all their loans. They literally just took the savings of like everybody who had money in their banks and said, hey, if you had over a hundred grand, you're getting taxed 50%. If you're under 100 grand, you're good. They just took that money. Yeah. Took it. So, you know, it was really a wake up call. And I think that was like where uh, the first time that that crypto actually started to go uh, and surge up into like the close to the, you know, triple digit, you know, kind of area because people saw that. So all of those things, um, the returns right now are incredible. Um, The, and, you know, you're looking at what interest rates are. If you put your money in a savings account, just a bare bones, like whatever, you're getting 0.05%. But if you're a high yield savings account, maybe you're getting 0.6%, right? right? Where I look at any one of like three or four major crypto exchanges, and you're getting anywhere from six, seven, eight, all the way up to 12% return, just holding your money there. And can I get my money quickly, right? That's that's what really comes down to is like, how safe am I? You got to test it out, right? Like not all exchanges are the same. Centralized exchanges, a little bit more security, but less freedom. Decentralized exchanges, more of the, the purest love of, you know, I can do transactions whenever I want to, however I want to, know KYC, know your customer stuff. Like I can just interact. I don't need anybody, but the like FDIC kind of insured backstop isn't there. So if you accidentally, you know, click a wrong number, it goes to a wrong address, like that's it, boss. Now there's also crypto insurance that you can get to cover yourself. And that's a whole, you know, other part of DeFi that's out there that I think is going to become more prominent. But I mean, these exchanges just on, on just holding your coins and they don't even appreciate, right? They stay... Uh, they don't go up not one cent, you're still going to get an 8% return. Now, if you're doing something that's an appreciating asset, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, I mean, you can name any any number of projects. Now you've got this appreciating skyrocketing asset and you're getting extra interest on top of that. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, yeah, this is so powerful and it's so relatable because like I know so many people out there who just, you know, whatever have, $10,000, $100,000, probably a million dollars just sitting in a a savings account getting annihilated by inflation. And just by, and I think you talked like the difference between centralized and decentralized and and stuff like that and how there are like, you know, safer Bitcoin cryptocurrency uh, investments there that could get you that eight or six, seven, 8% um, returns and and stuff like that. Um, I'm curious, just a couple of terms that I wanted to hit you with, and maybe you could expand on a little bit. You know, what what is what exactly? I guess is blockchain, and how does that whole how does that tie into crypto and Bitcoin as a sure. whole? Blockchain. All right. So the blockchain basically is the ledger of transactions. Is at the, its very basic, basic, basic um, essence. So when we talk about the Bitcoin blockchain or the Ethereum blockchain, or any number, any other number of blockchains, um, it is specifically referring to like all the transactions that um, everybody has access to, right? Super transparent. So you can't like cheat and hide your money and all that stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
that that lay on that particular network. Um, and then you'll hear things like hash rates and all this other stuff. Now, the ways that those blockchains are built are different. Okay. Right. So you have things like, uh, and that's where you get into um, mining, where you have like proof of work, where computers are uh, doing super complex math problems. And the first one to get it right, like, gets rewarded for cracking over another chunk of blockchain and then will validate, you know, transactions that are done on a specific blockchain. And then you right. get rewarded for that. Like, so there's that, uh, that's very energy intensive. Um, not a lot of transactions can go through. Right. So that's one way, but it's, it's very sturdy in how it's built. Right. Just not super usable for transactions a whole lot. Right. Just the volume is, is very limited. On the other end, you have things like proof uh, proof of stake. Okay. So now you say, hey, I've got all these tokens or coins, right? And I'm going to leave them uh, with this particular exchange or with, with someone who's called like a, a validator or like a node or something like that. And then they will basically use that money. Um, and by not touching the money in much the same way the banks do, they're able to validate transactions. And that's how they kind of build uh, the blockchain that way. Uh, there are other things, proof of covers. There's, there's so many other different ways that they're doing these things way, way, way faster. Um, and that's what everyone is moving to is kind of away from proof of uh, work. And you have to have what's called, and that's like layer one. And you have to have these like, um, uh, in order to be able to more quickly or expand the number of transactions that flow through the blockchain, you go to a layer two solution, right? And that's where you get some of these other projects, right? Like so, uh, Solana, uh, Cardano, um, even Ethereum, right? Like um, they make basically, not to get super you know, uh, technical, but they, through various different means, because there's no one way to do it. There's a bunch of different ways you can do what's called layer two stuff. Um, but basically, we'll either duplicate or batch um, all these transactions and nest right on top of your layer one blockchains and be able to facilitate those transactions, right? So for crypto, for me, right, you have to have a project that actually provides some sort of utility, right? Okay. Right. So it's not just, hey, I've got Dogecoin and it's a meme coin. It has no value in anything other than you go on this website and you say, I just created, you know, Pena coin. Right. <laughs> that's, that's not super useful, um, but it actually solves a problem for DeFi. And then usually when you have a project, the way that you do transactions within the product is where you will make a token to be like what's called gas fees or transaction fees to be able to facilitate all those different transactions on it. And that's where you get um, where you hear things like tokenomics, right? Like the utility of this particular coin or token. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff there, but that's basically why it's just, you can get into it. It absolutely replaces everything that banks do and how banks make money off of it. Um, so, you know, you can dive into any part of the decentralized finance piece with the cryptocurrencies and put your money in there and, and get, I mean, you can get some stupid returns or less risky, right? Larger volume, you know, there's always safety in numbers, right? Mm -hmm. High total lock, value locked. Um, if there's a large amount of uh, investment already, in, like in the billions of dollars in the centralized exchanges, generally is a safer place to go. So 
Yeah, super interesting. And and a lot of the questions, like I was, I, and again, like I'm on the hundred level of of cryptocurrency. But I was talking to a lot of people this past week. You know, what are like some great questions? And um, someone that uh, someone hit me with, and you've already talked about it a little bit, like the concepts of Dogecoin or like meme coins that are out there. Like I'm I'm, I'm curious, like when compared to Bitcoin, like what, what exactly are kind of like what maybe I'd refer to as like these black swans or like these random coins that come out of like thin air and stuff like that. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that, I guess? And and what's kind of like the significance of them? I mean, is it is it the same as Bitcoin? Is it different? Like I'm, I'm curious your general thoughts. Okay, so you have... Um... Bitcoin, right? And you have your your top, you know, like 10 coins by market cap that are usually associated with what we've talked before about what a use case is, right? Like they do something. Then you have um, anything that is not kind of those coins are called altcoins or alternative coins, right? Like if you're not Bitcoin, you're something else. You're an altcoin. Okay. <laughs> you hear things like altcoin season versus Bitcoin, Bitcoin dominance. I mean, all these things like Bitcoin is always going to drive the market. It is the flagship um, and the majority of investment is still in Bitcoin. Um, So when you have these other altcoins or alternative coins that come out, you have to look at, you know, and do a a couple different types of analysis, right? So you can do in limited uh, fashion, a fundamental analysis on it, like you would for stocks, um, because every coin has like white papers and a path to get there. So you can, you can look at all these things. Yeah. You can do technical analysis, right? Like, you know, Hey, I'm looking at, um, you know, support resistance lines, Fibonacci retracements, like all these, all of these sorts of things, right. RSI, EMAs, you know, all, all sorts of moving averages. Um, and that just gives you another, um, basically data point. And then you look at sentiment analysis. And there's lots of, of websites out there that will do that for you. It's like, hey, how many times has this particular coin been mentioned in the news, positive or negative, right? And we do that for lots of things, not just coins, but we do sentiment analysis and politics, right? And, and U.S. presence and things. Um, and that's probably the first time where I came across that was kind of sentiment analysis was, um, you know, uh, listening the the public affairs office realms, right? Like, you know, are they bashing the United States or are they not? Especially when you're overseas, like you're very in tune to what's going on with those things. Same application to to the cryptocurrency space. So if you're looking for, uh, and we say meme coins, right? Meaning they, they don't have really any value. It's like, hey, it's a picture of something. It's a whatever name is something that's, that's snazzy. Um, you look at that's where the sentiment analysis will go. And you see like a couple of influencers get paid um, to, to uh, shill basically. Promote. Promote yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it'll surge real quick and then come out. So there's money to be, you know, like GameStop, right? Like fundamentally not really there, but a lot of hype went out social media, basically uh, in the Reddit crews, right? Wall Street bets all came out and said, this is what we're doing. And and made some big institutional money eat it on when they were trying to short those stocks, um, but it's the same sort of thing. So you keep a an ear to the sentiment analysis of um, what does that coin look like on um, social media? What is their social media presence and presence in Twitter, Telegram, Discords? I mean, can you reach out to the to the development team? Do we know who they are? Um, what's their background, who's investing. I mean, all those sorts of things kind of come into play as well. So that's a really long answer, but that's essentially how you would kind of approach what do you think the next, you know, 
moon that's you know moon coin right uh, <laughs> or, or token that's going to go to the moon where where it's going to come from yeah absolutely i mean no great response and that was just something that i've always been curious about is like what makes dogecoin dogecoin like is there anything that actually backs it like what makes it different but it sounds like as you said it like just in the beginning like bitcoin is kind of the flagship and really drives um the whole ship in the in the direction and, and stuff like that but yeah no i mean super interesting how you got into crypto and and really made that transition and, and just like anything i mean you're in i'm sure in the books the podcast networking um just closing that knowledge gap every single day um uh two things that i kind of wanted to to kind of end and wrap up on here was also like your business and in uh what i refer to as like airbnb in your car and this new fad that's coming out and it's so cool because it's funny you bring this up um, my buddy is a traveling nurse and he works like Monday to Friday and he get, always gets an Airbnb like right next to the hospital that he's going to work at. And then he rents out his, his car. He has a BMW. He rents it out Monday to Friday and makes money on it like every single week. And it's super cool. So I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on this fad. I mean, a lot of people are starting to get into it and, and how I guess did you kind of break into the space and, and kind of learn about it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, same thing, um, you know, you, you start to come across um as you're researching one thing you come across people talking about other things right so i think honestly i was looking for my my godson who's about to start college right he just started this semester side hustles so i started you know looking up okay so what are good side hustles for young kids you know it doesn't take a lot of money um you know to start up and get into the ubers and, and lyft and the amazon go you know all those those sorts of things. And Toro popped up and, you know, and you pretty much aptly describe exactly what it does is, is your ability to just make money uh, off your car when it's not doing anything. Um, it just seemed like a really interesting um, way to go. Right. And, and right now, you know, I'm in the DC area. Like I take the train into work like every day. So, you know, we don't need another car. Right. Uh, and our car now is paid off and it's like, OK, hmm. so if we got another car, it would be more convenient for sure. But we could probably put, you know, something on one of these platforms. Let's take let's dig into it a little bit more. So, again, as we're digging into it more and we're doing the research and, and you come across like so many people uh, are in it. Right. I think I, I jumped into a couple clubhouse rooms too. And people were just talking about like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And I manage a fleet of like seven, eight cars by myself. There's one guy who's uh, on a radio, um, radio talk show, doing a podcast, like an hour long podcast was talking about how he tried it out in Atlanta with his Tesla. Like as soon as he put his car on, it was booked that afternoon and then his first month, he made like 900 bucks off of it. Right. And I'm like, hmm, one car, 900 bucks. <laughs> okay. And then he said, hey, so, you know, a couple months later, I was like, listen, I can do this thing. So he goes over one weekend and buys like 22 more cars. No <laughs> way. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So because, you know, there's that like, uh, you know, the credit reports that getting, are getting pulled are from, you know, the, the previous 30 days. Right. So you got to understand credit massively important for any investment, right? Real estate, this stuff, you have to know your credit, uh, how to maximize your credit, how to keep it up, how to use your credit cards, how to get business credit, card, all those sorts of things. So again, it was like, okay, so really intriguing to me, but I'm not going to be the guy that's at 
whatever, 10 o'clock at night, going to go and deliver a car to the airport, right? Like I, I got to work. I got all these other things I'm trying to do. So while it was super interesting to me, I was like, I'm not sure if I can pull this off myself. So then, you know, you just kind of put the feelers out, right? You talk to your brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, and, and you know, lo and behold, um, you know, my brother-in-law is like, yeah, let's do it. I used to do something like this back in the day uh, before it was, you know, called Toro. And now it's like way easier because the insurance and everything is through the site. The marketing is all through the site. Like it, it's pretty sweet. So that's what we're... Um, that's what we're doing. So we've got a couple cars uh, on the fleet now and we're about to go shopping, I guess, this weekend uh, <laughs> and uh, look to expand the fleet a little bit more here locally. Um, and then looking at different, um, not just cars, but box trucks, pickup trucks, you know, minivans, right? Like there's always, there's always a market for everything. And the things that you would always need to, you know, Hey, I got to go to home Depot just cause I need a pickup truck. Right. You know, real quick. So I can go like all of these things, like the need is there. So there's plenty to go around for everybody. I can get a little piece of it. Uh, now you just got to figure out how you can systematize it and keep it as passive as you possibly can. So you're working, you know, on the business and not in your business. Yeah, I mean that's awesome, and I think there's so many op- so many opportunities out there that people don't see, and it's like, hey, yeah, there's the example of like the gentleman in Atlanta with his Tesla, which is probably a super nice car, but hey, there's like opportunities with box trucks and like vans and and stuff like that. It's so cool where we're at right now in 2021 in this age of like entrepreneurship that there's no one way. Um, to kind of solve the uh, problem set. It's like there are thousands of ways to solve the problem set and to find solutions to make money today is, in, is incredible. The uh, the last thing I wanted to hit you with, and I and I, you've already mentioned it a couple of times today, but I mean, the power of like family and, and uh, you know, my wife's a rock star. You've mentioned your wife, you know, several times and how incredible she is. I mean, how powerful is it having kind of that family backing, you know, as you're, you know, all the way, think all the way back to 2007 and and taking that first chance on that property to where you are today, you know, building multiple streams of income. Like I'm I'm curious, the power of family and and having your spouse on board and and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, my wife is also entrepreneurial spirit. Um, And what I didn't uh, mention was Right when the coronavirus hit, uh, my wife, she's an allied health professional, right? She does all kinds of body work. um, And she had a practice in Washington that had to get shut down. So, you know, instead of like lamenting what's going on, oh, woe is me, she completely pivoted and went to an online platform. She started making YouTube videos, got websites, TikTok, I mean, all kinds of stuff. She went all in. We bought the studio and was like, hey, I want to do this. And I said, let's get after it, you know, because if this is what you're passionate about, then, you know, you've been following me around in my rucksack this entire time (laughs) for you any single way that I possibly can. So I will say where a lot of people had issues um i think relationship wise during covid being home all the time and all this other stuff like for us it was at the dinner tables like hey look at this cool thing that i learned today about marketing or about how to batch content you know and, and social media stuff or hey i learned this cool thing about real estate or man this is how wealthy people like hide their money or this is how you can use these i mean it was just so many things that we were learning and growing together it was phenomenal. Um, so now, you know, obviously the, the entrepreneurial spirit still runs strong and, you know, she backs me all the time. Um, 
And I would not be able to go forward or move as far as I can if I didn't have her, you know, on my side and on the team. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that having, you know, that teammate in your corner in, in whatever sport, if it's being an entrepreneur, building wealth, real estate, the military, whatever it is, I mean, having that, uh, you know, entrepreneur spirit and that awesome teammate uh, on your team is like what makes us uh, do what we do. And it, that's an awesome, but yeah, awesome. This was an incredible story. Like Seneca, I mean, the power of diversification is, is what you embezzle and it's like, or what you emulate, sorry. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's what you emulate. And I think there's so many lessons to be learned out of here of like, uh, you know, stacking multiple streams of income and, and stuff like that. I mean, don't forget doing all of this while on active duty, working a full-time W2 job. I mean, it is incredible. So I, I appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing your story. It was incredible having you on here. And I really hope uh, there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to impact other people's stories and and help them kind of build along their journeys. But uh, the number one thing I took today, took away from today was setting conditions early to scale more quickly with Seneca Pena Colazzo, brother. Thank you again for coming on. It was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, brother. We'll catch you later. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Wealth Science Podcast. Take some time to subscribe and leave us a review. It really is the basis that helps us continue to bring on amazing guests each week. We have another incredible story to share next week, and I'm certain it's going to add value to this community. Please do not hesitate to reach out if there's anything I can do to help you in your journey of attaining financial freedom. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week.